If your feet feel secure, you feel balanced automatically. What would happen was the boots were great, but they would come back four weeks later, four weeks later, and the boots are disintegrated because they weren't used to being in wet, dry, wet, dry, wet, dry, because they weren't waterproof, which led me to think, well, how do I make a boot that fits like a leather boot, but it's waterproof like a gum boot? Fast forward 10 years, and here we are. What happens when it's on the sea? You think the container's coming and then it's it's been delayed and then it arrives and it got to customs. Customs took it and they wanted to x-ray it, which then you can't track it when it's being x-rayed. Then they release it. Then someone had to check it and had a spider and the spider had to be then sent off to be tested. It's so out of control. I think that's the thing. I'm a control freak. And, you know, the wharf is strike. So if the wharf is strike, it means that the containers don't get released from the wharf and taken to the depot and your truck driver's just driven five hours to go and pick it up from the depot and it's not at the depot and your truck is ringing you and saying, I can't keep circling botany. Welcome to the Beers with a Miner podcast. My name is Mad Mumsy and I've been driving the huge dump trucks in Australian open cup mines for over 10 years now. I wish I had a dollar for everyone who said to me, How does a little thing like you drive those big trucks? Oh, you must be rich. How do I get a job doing that? My mining friends are asked these questions all the time too. This is what started the Mad Mumsy journey to share stories and tips from living a mining lifestyle and to let others know what it's really like. Tune in each episode as I sit down for a relaxed chat, usually over a few beers with a fellow miner. Women and blokes with various experience, roles and opinions share their lessons and stories with you. Not everyone is cut out to be a miner, but why not? What does it take to thrive and survive in this industry? Now, let's dig in. Get it? Dig. Mining. Oh, crack me up. Hello and welcome to Beers With Mind podcast. My name is Mad Mumsy. This is episode 86 and today is another happy hour episode. I sit down and have a wonderful chat with Penny Crawford from Crawford Boots. My sister and I and me never know which one it's meant to be. <laughs> I should learn that, but I'm too old. I have followed her on LinkedIn for quite a while and she's amazing. She was, as you'll hear in this podcast, a podiatrist for over 30 years and now is a business owner of Crawford Boots, founder, creator, amazing bloody legend, created wellies or gumboots as she calls them, (laughs) that many of our underground miners will relate to. And why she found the passion and drive to do all that she can to create boots that are supportive for people who have to wear waterproof knee-length boots in whatever industry you're in. Of course, for us, we're sticking to mining mostly, but she's amazing. She's now, as most of my guests end up, a beautiful friend and always was on LinkedIn um, and a fantastic supporter of Steel Cap Sisters and all that we're doing there with Steel Cap Sisters and the Watt Boots branding and the podcast and anything we put out, always get a like and a comment from Penny. She's a bloody legend. 
Come and meet her. We're going long, but it's worth it. Hang in there and um, if you're – it doesn't matter if you don't work underground. You might be thinking, well, I don't have to wear those boots, so who gives up? Mm." (laughs) Um, We talk about feet. We talk about kids' feet because uh, we were talking about my grandson who would only wear wellies right up until he was about five, I think, four or five. We finally got him to try on thongs. And she spoke about the logistics of why that is the case. So if you've got a toddler, (laughs) be it your own toddler or your grandkid or a friend who's wearing only wellies, it's quite common. I see them around now and I think, oh, I remember that. And also we talk about I had a lot of issues with my feet on and off and we speak about why that could be uh, the case and what I've done to fix them. Um, how to look after your feet when you're in mining, how to look after your boots. Come along, have a chat. It's bloody awesome. She was drinking water, but you know me, I was drinking beer, so I held up our end of the bargain. Beers with a Miner podcast. Let's go meet Penny Crawford from Crawford Boots. Penny, welcome to the Beers with a Minor podcast. By the time this goes live, I have shared how freaking awesome you are already. But I want to say I'm really looking forward to finally chatting with you. We've come close a few times, so it's really good. And welcome to the podcast. Well, thank you. And what an awesome introduction. I'm looking forward to chatting with you as well. And as this podcast is called The Beers with a Minor Podcast. Yes, it has been a, a long time coming, it feels like. We've come close and then we were going to do it two weeks ago and I got crook and then you were away swanning around in Sydney at some big convention and and things last week, which was great. I saw some of that on your LinkedIn posts and um, very exciting I want to hear about all all about that later. Um, but as this podcast is called the Beers with a Minor podcast, I like to start these happy hour episodes with my guests sharing their favourite beverage and also their favourite time to enjoy it. It could be beer, wine, spirit, or perhaps even a cup of tea. What is yours, Penny? Well, I'd have to say my favourite beverage is bubbles. Um, and usually <laughs> Friday afternoon, um, it's just perfect to sit down at the end of a long week and um, have a glass of bubbles. But my second favourite would have to be a cup of tea. So, you know, there you go, polar opposites. And by bubbles, do you mean champagne? Well, I call it champagne, but I think is that politically incorrect? It's called sparkling or something now. Um, Mate. There's none of that here. Champagne, yeah. Oh, right. Oh, nice. Mm. Yes. Yeah. I have that on if it's Melbourne Cup or mum usually cracks a bottle of champagne if it's a special occasion, so I'll have a glass and I do do like that. Yeah, I know. It's always been a sort of a special occasion drink, but um, no, it's my Friday night go-to. And that's a special occasion in itself, isn't it? Well, that's right. Every, Every day is a special occasion, <laughs> but Friday yeah. especially. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And we'll hear all about that. Um, so 
I guess I want to start off with you're a podiatrist. I've, which is, that's correct, isn't it? The that correct is term? correct. My past life, yeah, podiatry. Yes, past life before Crawford Boots past life. Correct. Yes, yeah. Um, so what made you choose to be a podiatrist and hang out with people's feet? <laughs> I know. Look, it's interesting, isn't it? When I left school, I actually did landscape architecture for a year and that so was not me. And I think after a year of doing that, my mother said to me, well, gosh, why don't you do a podiatry? And I thought, I don't even know what a podiatry is. And basically, truly, and just enrolled. And it was at Sydney Tech then, so it was pretty easy to get in. I think you basically had to sit and interview. There was no marks involved. And went and absolutely loved it. Can't believe it. Um, and most people... Uh, I suppose the reaction from the general public is, oh, my gosh, you deal with people's feet. But it was also (laughs) the feet are connected to a body and there was a human and it was dealing with people and helping them and, um, yeah, no, I I can't say I miss it now, but I did it for 30 years and so I, I did love it. My God, you don't look that old. Oh, you're so kind. I feel so No, I'm I'm true. I'm shocked. (laughs) 30 years. Wow. Mm. Yeah. So my best friend is a reflexologist. Perfect. She does reflexology. Oh, and I, you know, I get lots of nice foot rubs and and, um, it's just amazing. It's so good. And I say that to her and she says the same thing about there's a, person on the end of the feet and also while she's doing that she's talking to them and like getting your hair done kind of you know the um the connection that she finds with it and she ended up setting up wellness corner in marion here in queensland and is as a place for people to come and set up whatever their modality is because she was just trying to do it out of the garage at home and you know she said I need somewhere to go so she set up this place where people come and um, the energy around having your feet rubbed and you, even when you go and get your toes done. Well I know I know and that's the whole you know? thing too and I do think it is such a personal part of your body so someone's mm. letting you touch that and treat that and there's a level of trust um, there's that relationship and I think that's what's helped me, especially with this my second life being with corporate boots, was that ability to build relationships and have those conversations. And you know, you're seeing say 20 people each day, five days a week. It's a lot of people and that ability to have those conversations, but also to be able to help. And I mean reflexology and the other um I don't want to call them alternate, but they're not alternate modalities, but ones that also complement our normal Western mm. medicine are just so important because if your feet feel good, you feel good. You know, same as massage, the same as there's acupuncture, there's um, basically a space for all those sorts of things. So it would be lovely. I mean, wellness centres are popping up everywhere and they're so um, they're so needed. I've had so much trouble with my feet in the last probably five years. I got to a point I, I 
Oh, I was having trouble even walking. When I first got out of mining, I went to work for our local strawberry farm Mm -hmm. just for something to do. And I knew them and they asked me to come and help. And I was doing like 12 kilometres a day in low budget shoes, literally, you know, cheap sneakers. And I was used to wearing steel cap boots for 13 years, which you get a good pair of boots you, you, you can happy wear them all days. day. It's like where yeah. oh, it is, happy days, exactly. And But I also, you know, we're in central Queensland, so I lived in thongs and I was just living in the funky, cheap Kmart thongs and I they're about three bucks, but literally $3. And I'm like, these are a bargain, but look, they're hot pink and they're this and they're that and... I was either at work in steel cap boots or at home in my thongs. But then when I I got out of mining and was doing this, um, my feet really struggled. They, like, my soles of my feet hurt so much. And so my sister, hard hat mentor, my listeners mm. know her. You know her. I Drew, do, yes. From, um, from LinkedIn. Yeah. Um, she started sending me over good thongs and Crocs. Um, better quality, and now I I just wear those. I can go bare feet now, but I think since seeing Michelle and getting the um, some reflexology on my feet as well, and just being aware of them, you don't even think about your feet. Well, I think that's exactly right. It's, it is. It's the awareness, and you're not thinking about any part of your body um, until it hurts. And when your feet hurt, it's just everything. Everything you do is painful. And you don't realise how important just that little bit of cushioning or you don't realise how if you've always worn completely flat-soled shoes, it changes your centre of gravity, which affects your hamstrings, which affects your lower back. So your feet are your foundation. So your building foundations have to be stable and solid, otherwise you have issues higher up. And it's exactly the same with your feet. Like people will have neck pain, lower back pain, thoracic pain, buttock, you know, um, hamstring, calf pain, all because of their posture and their feet. So um, it's quite interesting. And as I said, you don't realise until it actually starts to hurt and you think, why? You know, thongs are not great. Having said that, my husband would live in thongs if he had the chance. Um but it's just that gripping of the toes. It's that completely flat surface and often the the lack of um, cushioning. The gripping of the toes. I never even thought of so that. You, with I, can, thongs, I can vision my yeah. – yeah, I'm, I'm just vision, vision, visioning my youngest grandson who it, it was quite a chore to get him out of wellies, um, uh, you know, gum boots. I think we yep. always call them wellies. Yep. I'm from South Australia. You know, real mm-hmm. pommy, pommy slant on most of my things, and he wouldn't go anywhere with them without them, which is good up here when it's raining. But you know, he's wearing his shorts and his wellies. But we finally got him into thongs, and they had the elastic on the back. Yes, yep, perfect for you know transitioning. Mm. Um, but. He found it really hard. And when you said about the gripping of the toes, that's exactly what I noticed he was doing. And then he 
he'd get a bit of a run up because, you know, he's three or four or something. Mm. And so they're going 100 miles an hour and he'd fall over. And, and then eventually he got to a point where we cut the elastic off the back. And uh, now he's, he's good as gold and will wear any shoes. But he had a lot of issues around what he would wear. And all he would wear were boots. Yeah, it's interesting. Support maybe or well, I think it's I think sure. it's also that feeling of it's held on to your foot. So like when you look at a little person when they're starting to walk, their toes grip because that's their way of maintaining stability. It means they're unstable. And when you're in a thong, you often are unstable, or you've got to actually physically lift the thong as well, which is why the strap at the back's perfect because you don't actually have to physically lift it. And that's what I found when. I had my patients coming in who had been wearing gum boots that were loose fitting. Exactly the same thing happens. Their toes were gripping to keep the gum boot on to lift their foot up out of the water to be able to take that next step. And it's like I kept saying it's the equivalent of running a marathon in a pair of thongs. The fact that, you know, that overuse of those those little intrinsic toe muscles, which then are related to your arch muscle, which are then related to your calf muscle, hamstring, etc. And Doing that, can, you know, unconditionally for years and years and years, you can develop sort of a lot of chronic changes and chronic problems. So, yeah, it starts, um, it's just interesting watching, and that was one thing, being a podiatrist and understanding how the foot works, how you're meant to walk properly, um, all the different nerve receptors, the different muscles, and knowing what happens when you're little compared to as you grow up, if you haven't got that muscle, got the muscle imbalance, and you've got incorrect footwear and incorrect um, foot biomechanics, the way the foot functions. So, yeah. But I always yep. found, like being a podiatrist, I'd see, you know, a lot of people that had chronic fatigue, and this is, there's nothing medical, there's, this is just purely me 30 years of looking at this. Um, people who had trauma or chronic fatigue or something like that, I often found they would have this really undiagnosed foot pain. Like it was almost like it worked its way, it was working its way out of its body and coming out your feet. And I know that sounds weird, but to me, mate. it truly was like there was, I don't know, it, it just, I don't know, it was weird. And that's just, I always thought when people would come in and, like, you know, you couldn't sort of pinpoint why the feet were painful, but, it, you know, when you question them more, they'd had sort of these terrible years or they've had this, you know, like as I said, it was either a chronic fatigue or something that had just knocked out their system. And trauma can do that. Like, you know, if you're in trauma, your body is just in hyper alert and it's draining and it's exhausting. And, you know, maybe that was also part of your foot problem too. Oh, wow. That's huge. Mm. And I'm ve I'm very woo-woo, mm. you know. I'm very spiritual. I'm not religious, but I'm very spiritual. And that makes total sense to me. And when you say it's very draining, draining is going down and out, mm. isn't it? Mm -hmm. And mm. it's at the bottom, the bottom of the drain. Like exactly. being a truck driver, you're, you're at the bottom of the shit heap. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Everything rolls downhill. Um, I never thought about that. And as my circumstances have improved, so have my feet. I know, I know. So I really do think you, and that was. This is about again podiatry. You know, we talk about the feet, but again, it's looking at holistic. Like I can tell 
when kids used to walk, you know, they'd come in, you know, they might have had a problem with their walking or their gait or whatever. You could actually tell what sort of child they were. Were they relaxed? Were they chilled? Were they anxious, you know, anxiety ridden from the way they walked? And you can even tell that with humans, like, oh, not humans, older people, um, you know, what sort of personality they are, they are by the way they walk. Um, and it's it's looking at a whole. It's not looking just at the feet. And the same with anything. Trauma, it affects all of you in certain ways, like whether it's, yeah, physiological, psychological, yeah. Wow. Yes. It 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 makes total sense to me. Mm. So your it, little your little really one, does. you know, was probably very cautious. So everything he did was cautious when he stepped. Yeah. You know, there was actually trying to make sure there was solid ground underneath his feet before he took that next step. Whereas now the fact that he can run and they're supposed to fall. Kids have to fall because it's their neurological system working. So their brain says, okay, I fell to the left. Next time I have to fall to the right. So it gives them the balance. And it means kids these days don't have great balance because parents are always holding their hands or parents are not letting them climb trees and falls or, you know, do that sort of thing. Um, but, yeah, you often can tell, like, if a child is cautious by the way that they look, you know, to you before they step, even if their balance is bad, they'll be always with their head down, looking where they're stepping. Whereas, you know, most people should have their head up when they walk because they know that their foot's going to be on solid ground. You know, older, the older you get, the more you look down as well. And, um, yeah, it's just interesting. You, you know, I'm your body as a whole. Yeah. yeah. Mm. I'm finding that too when I walk out of where I'm working now and I, I'm mm. looking down at the step. Yeah. But if I've still got my glasses on and I'm looking down, like it's not a... You know, I think it'll make me fall if I look down with my glasses on. Yeah, but they're reading glasses. It's not. I know, but it's so. But I'm in and out all the time. Yeah, but it's not something. Yeah, it's only recently that I've noticed that I'm I'm looking down, and as I'm looking down, I think I shouldn't be looking down because it feels weird because I've got my glasses on. I know, but it's our it's our way of thinking of knowing. But also it's our way of knowing that we're probably, like now if I'm going to step on, walk around rocks near a beach or something, oh, my God, my head will be down because I'll be thinking how do I get to that step. I don't have that balance. Like I have balance, but, you know, you just don't have the balance you had 20 years ago. And um, so you're a lot more cautious. Yeah. yeah it's called growing up, right? Oh, my God, it's <laughs> called growing old. <laughs> <laughs> and so underground miners wear different boots than... Us landscape gardeners, <laughs> gravel <laughs> scratchers, whatever you want to call us, uh, open cart. So we wear the shorter ones. When I first started, actually, we had real short steel cap boots, but now you have to have the ones with the ankle support yep. on most sites, and you have to wear the, you have to do the laces up. And then, oh, I've recently discovered the ones that they have the laces, but they have the, the zip. zip on the yes. side. Mm. Oh, that's. Where were they 13 years ago? Mm, exactly. <laughs> so good. Oh, my God, I love them. Um, but underground they wear long because they're – is that because they're in water so much? And so what you're saying about wearing wellies, uh, gumboots, and your feet aren't supported like you have to grip like with thongs, if you're doing that day in, day out, 
underground or wherever you are in whatever industry, like butchers and all that probably as well, who people who have to wear those sort of things, if they're not good fitting and you, and your feet stuff up and like you've just explained, that can do your back, it can do your neck, it can do everything else. So it's really important to have good um good boots but I've never thought about it for the long boots the only ones I've seen in the open cut in my experience have been the pumpies the people going doing all the water moving around yep yep yeah well I think the thing about it was underground is such a different um environment like it's dark there is uneven ground. It's often covered in water. You know, you can be up to almost your knees in water and you're often walking in wheel ruts. And if you're doing that, like some areas, there'll be people walking 12 kilometres a day through those sorts of conditions. And if you're um, already on unstable ground and you're in a boot that doesn't fit properly, so your muscles in your feet are overworking to keep you balanced, there's more slips, trips, falls, and sort of your immediate type of injuries, as well as those chronic long-term ones of doing it for 12 hours a day for how many years. So when I started to investigate this, I actually had a call from this great, fantastic guy called Nick Wilde from Whitehaven, and he sort of rang me and said, look, we're having, you know, lots of issues. Um, Can you just tell me, is it a biomechanical, is it footwear, what do we do? So I'd get these guys coming in and to be honest I couldn't believe they still wore gumboots I thought there'd have to be some sort of special gumboot um, because you do require that really good support and you know if you think about joggers so we've gone from a Dunlop volley what we all wore to you know what we've got now but you couldn't imagine people wearing a Dunlop volley to play a game of tennis or to run a marathon or to do whatever yet these people are underground walking that that you know, incredible distance in a shoe that didn't fit properly. So I'd put them in leather. Yep. I've got my I've got my hand up. Hand up. Yep. <laughs> were they would have had to have been steel cap? Yeah, they was look, they were they, 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 they were all, steel cap. Yep, yep. They had all the safety um measures you need to, but just the fact that they still were quite big and bulky like your regular gum boot, like the gum boot that's been around forever. So Gumboots traditionally don't fit around that front of the ankle area. So what people would do is they'd whack in a couple of inner soles and all that would do is raise your foot, but it doesn't fit the gap here. You know that front area? That's where your foot oh, flops she's around. showing me a boot. I know. Screenshot that, mad mumsy. <laughs> so, yes. so the foot, when you walk, it slides up and down. If it slides up and down, the toes grip to make sure that when you walk the foot doesn't come out the boot and the boot doesn't stay stuck in the mud so I put the guys in leather lace-up boots because it would give them that good support and that good fit and they would be able to wear the the shoes and know that their feet were safe and secure and it's sort of called ankle joint proprioception it's about your balance if your feet feel secure you feel balanced automatically so um what would happen was the boots were great, but they would come back, you know, four weeks later, four weeks later, and the boots are disintegrated because they weren't used to being in wet, dry, wet, dry, wet, dry, because they weren't sort of waterproof, which led me to think, well, how do I make a boot that fits like a leather boot, but it's waterproof like a gum boot? So 
fast forward 10 years and here we are. Wow. Mm. Has it been, oh, so it's been that long. It's been te- oh, 10 years since you had that thought. 10 years since I started developing them. Yes, it's not mm. since I had the thought. I probably had the thought years before that, but I was a bit of a gunner. You know, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. I'm like, yeah. And then, I know, and then I sort of thought, no, just do it. But, yeah, I mean, 10 years just later. Just do it. Mm. So uh, the perfect segue, I'm going to just do it. I'm yeah. going to do my favourite sound in the world and open a can of beer. Are you ready? Yep. <laughs> there we go. And I'm going to pour it into my wine glass for my listeners because I don't drink red wine anymore, remember? I've lost 10 kilos. Well done to you. Now for a word from our sponsor, Julia Hartman and the Bantax Accounting Group. Julia's my awesome accountant. She's written two books with financial expert Noel Whitaker, and she's got a passion to help us miners make the most out of our hard-earned cash. She's got heaps of tips and make sure that we get every cent we are meant to get and is right on the ball with everything. If you head to bantax.com.au forward slash miners, that's B-A-N-T-A-C-S, you can download a free booklet all just for us miners. And there's also a spreadsheet in there that helps you check off what tools you have for your trade, like your isolation lock, work boots, seven shirts, all of these sorts of things. And you can weigh them up and it'll tell you if you qualify weight-wise to claim your trips out to work. And that's just one of the things that they've got over there. So I strongly urge you to head to bantax.com.au forward slash miners and see what they can do and find your nearest office as we come up to tax time. They're really on the ball, know what's going on with the tax department and there's heaps of other free information like property investing. If you really plan on doing some great things with your money, you want to do that, right? If you want to sell your house, can save a lot of money if you find out what to do first rather than in hindsight. And Julia, she'll, you know, make sure you get it right. And if you do it wrong and then go and see her, she'll <laughs> she'll up you <laughs> in the nicest possible way because she really cares about us and wants us to keep our money and not give it to the tax department. Anyway, head over to bantax.com.au forward slash miners and tell them Mad Mumsy sent you. So you're saying about the the long boots for the underground with the lace-ups, and that's what the real miner has. Yep. And I've got a couple of pairs here. Well, I'll get to this in a minute. I've got three left out of four. Yep. I'll tell you. I'll tell you why in a sec. But and they're lace-ups, and I'll sh- I'll share some photos of those in the show notes which will be found at madmumsy.com forward slash beers 86 number 86 um and and that's where all the links for everything and if you're listening and you're on most of the podcast apps nowadays you can have a look at these while you're listening so you'll be able to go to the show notes and and all the links that i share you can have a look at the crawford boots you can have a look at 
<laughs> real miners lace up boots and any yep. other links we talk about at the same time as you're listening to our conversation which is which is great they never had that when I started in 2016 that's for sure <laughs> um but I need to ask the lace-ups how annoying would those laces be it was hard enough doing laces up to my ankles let alone up to just under your knees well the lace-ups and they had um, – there's ones that have got like a zip up the middle and there's ones that have got like a um, a wire that they sort of tighten, um, which acts as the lace. So it's sort of one of those um, – I don't know how you describe it. It's just like a twist thing. So you twist it to tighten it. But a lot of the guys had issues with that because of the um, different um, – not contaminants, but what's underground, you know, in the in the water and etc. Um, and also the thing was it's still there's still leather. So even though they might be waterproof, they're still leather. So they they're not going to cope with being wet and going into a drying room and being dried and they tend to crack and change. And a lot of guys wouldn't do them up properly, lace them up because they sort of restricted that ability to be able to propel off you know you sort of had a very abnormal gait pattern of, or, or walking pattern because you had trouble sort of bending your leg and the boot a bit like ski boots you know they lock you in type of thing and you couldn't bend and motorbike forward. boots yeah mm. I, yeah I, I raced I raced motorbikes as a kid uh, oh for 15 years or something and as I saw the boots progress and the funky ones I have now, they all have like a joint at their ankle. Yeah, so you can flex. And we never, we yeah. never had that. Mm. We, we'd walk like, oh, robots. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So yeah. all these sorts of things, you don't think about it, but you don't want to change your walking pattern too much because then that changes everything else, doesn't it? And you feel yes. stable. Hmm. Which we now know. I exactly. never even yeah. <laughs> thought of that before. Mm. Oh, see, there's another reason to talk to you, Penny. Yeah. Uh, so, um, what other industries other than mining are you supplying your boots to now? Well, we've got them in tunnelling, so they're trialling them in a tunnelling project and they're really um, thinking they're fantastic in the excavation phase of the tunnelling project. Um, we've got them in... Is that like waste- under tunnel? Sorry. Yeah, like West Connect sort Tun- of things. Under a river sort of? So it's like your West Connects or your uh, North Connects. So it's basically the tunnels that we will be driving in. But prior to that, they've got to excavate, which means there'd be lots of water and um, slush, etc. So um, those sorts of conditions. My boots are perfect for really harsh workplace conditions where there's lots of water, there's lots of mud. Um, So I've got some farmers that wear them and they love them, some dairy farmers. Um, I've got... They're used at a waste management plant um, where there's a lot of leachets, et cetera, so they're really good in those sorts of conditions. Um, a lot of what, sorry? Leachets? No, leachates. So it's like a chemical. Um, oh. Yeah, yeah. I thought you meant leeches like no. what you get in the creek. No, <laughs> we could probably use sorry. them for that too. But I, don't, yeah, I imagine right. it's called leachate. I don't know. L, it's L-E-A-C-H-A-T-E-S, leachets. That's how I'd say. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, just some nasty, you know, like just different sorts of chemicals and stuff and sorts of protection. And, it's yeah, it's water. And so um, 
yeah, look, that, that's the, that's the industries that they're in. I think there's a lot of industries they could be applicable for, but I suppose yes. it's, I'm a bit of a one-person um, operation, so there's only so many hours in a day. Mm. Well, uh, yeah, that's – and so many things I want to ask you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> How did you come up with and – I, and I, I still, you know, we don't know what yet – the best material that isn't leather but is waterproof but isn't just waterproof that is is that obviously you did a lot of research and stuff so what did you end up with so what i've ended up with is rubber and rubber was i was a really conscious decision i didn't want to use pvc um i wanted to use a natural product and i wanted to make sure that so my boots are actually handmade so they're not injection molded, and I. So are you doing that as well? No, gosh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> Sorry, I had to say that. Oh my god! <laughs> I've got a factory um, overseas in Malaysia, and and they do a lot of contract manufacturing for a lot of um, reputable companies, and they do my boots as well. So I visited them quite a few times and worked with them for probably three years with R and D because you can design a boot. But can you actually manufacture it? So, you know, you can spend so many years designing something and if you can't manufacture it or if you have to manufacture it and it costs so much money that no one's going to pay for it, it's sort of a pointless exercise. But I knew where I wanted to improve and I knew that I wanted that heel and ankle support. I knew I wanted um, the lining to not be gauze. I wanted it to be like a... um, neoprene which it is with antimicrobial and antifungal I knew I wanted to have a zipper in there I knew there were certain things that I wanted um, to have in this boot so but basically the boots are rubber because it's a natural product and it can at its end of life be recycled whereas PVC can't or it's I should say can't it's harder so that was all sort of a conscious decision when I was choosing my materials and how good is that? It is good. Oh, go you, right? <laughs> that, that is. And and it's the way the world is going. And um, when you were thinking like that back then, you, I don't well, you may have been, but to know where the world is at now and they're looking for sustainable products or, you know, more climate-friendly and... And all, and all of that. I don't know the right words. But Circular yeah. economy, yeah. So mm. it's just about, you know, thinking about because I'm a throw, I'm from the throwaway generation, you know, basically, you know, throw it away and get something else. And, um, you know, it was, it was always sort of quite on my mind the fact that we can't keep just doing that and also we can't keep um, exporting our rubbish to other countries. We've got to be responsible for it. We've got to be look at how... How can we? Um, how can we be part of this this circular economy and recycle and look for sustainable products rather than um, a lot of plastics and a lot of things that can't be um, broken down? Then I say that look, they're doing so much um, with plastics and things now, which is incredible. Yeah, that's right because people are researching and technology changes and evolves mm. and. And that, but yeah, I love the circular economy concept. Mm. Oh, look, there's a train. Did you hear it? 
No, I can't hear at all. Oh, I just blew its horn. It's because I got my ear thing. Oh. You know what that means? Time for a drink. Time for a drink. <laughs> my responsible um, alcohol consumption, water. You are. Go <laughs> you. I'm so proud. Um, I always, like, my listeners know I'm having a beer. So, Penny, how did you get connected from being a podiatrist, noticing about people's feet and how it affects their bodies, to and then thinking people need better boots and having minors come to you? Is that where the connection came to create the boot for mining companies or for people in the mining industry? And then how did you get in? How did you say, here's my boot, want to try it? <laughs> well, you it started basically with Whitehaven and Nick Wilde and going underground. So basically I'd go underground and I'd talk to them and they were happy to rip off their boots and show me their feet and tell me everything that was wrong with them and so really? it was very much yeah yeah bloody real miners yeah, eh? show yeah. us your feet mate <laughs> that's classic yeah so I found that I had that first hand feedback of what was wrong what they wanted to change I knew what I thought but then that's not you know I'm not working underground so I had to you know really listen to them and what they wanted to see and change and. Then when I built the boot, I went back to Whitehaven and because they'd been sort of such good supporters and they were like, yep, we'll trial them. So we did some sort of intensive trials. And then I think from there what really helped was winning that um, New South Wales Minerals Council Health Innovation Award. And yes. that was just, I think, I know. It was, I'm so happy. I know. Oh, girl. It was so exciting. And I think that just all of a sudden opened up other companies eyes and I think because they just always thought oh well we've just got boots this is just the boots and there's so many other things that they've got to be aware of in terms of safety that they probably hadn't you just put up with it and I think there's a couple of other really proactive sites like Centennial Coal and in particular Myuna and Mick Townsend he was just like yep we want to try them too and you just get some really good people in companies who are like you know you want to obviously reduce injuries, but also if you're, you know what it was like having sore feet. You know how unproductive yes, you are. You know what it's like. So imagine if you've yeah. got your whole workforce, you know, with that sort of, um, you know, in pain. It just, it's not a great atmosphere. So often um, Mick, when I talk to him, he goes, look, the safety is great, but it's the comfort. It's just the fact that the guys are comfortable which makes the world of difference. So those sorts of things. And it just sort of went from there. You know, there was a few mines in New South Wales and then WA and then Queensland. And, um, yeah, so it's taken off, which is fantastic. I mean, obviously there's still more, but um, we're getting there step by step, excuse the pun. Oh, no, I love it. Mm. Like what boots? Yeah. What boots <laughs> step by step, yep. like Steel Cab Sisters, mm. eh, right? Um, so you are consciously, well, question, are you consciously choosing on just focusing on the wellies, the gumboot style, not, or are you also thinking about the shorter style look at this stage i'm still doing the long ones because when i 
initially developed my first prototype, they actually were sloping at the back. So they were a bit lower at the back, which allowed for the calf, the calf muscle, for those with sort of bigger calf muscles. But the feedback oh, yeah. was that the overwhelming feedback was, no, you cannot go any shorter because the height is so important in terms of waterproofness and making sure water doesn't get in. So I haven't thought about going lower. And the thing is when you um, – and people have said to me, oh, could you do a pink one? Could you do a red one? Could you do a – Oh, right. That's a question I had written down. No, <laughs> but the thing about it is that like when you can't just – like you're ordering 2,000 pairs of boots. So if someone wants to buy 2,000 pink ones, that's fabulous. But this is the thing. So when if I was going to get shorter ones, I've got to go and find a market that would want shorter ones. and. Yeah, there's lots of different possibilities in terms of further development. But at the moment, as I keep saying, like I'm a one-person operation and I really wanted to help people who are in gumboots 10 to 12 hours a day. That was really my aim. So, yeah. And, oh, oh, you know, this is Beers With Mine podcast and you're allowed to swear. I didn't quite say that at the start. (laughs) But there's a fucking shitload of people who... Who wear gumboots, absolutely style boots for that long and longer? Mm. So you don't need to go into other markets where other people already are. That's right. Yeah. Are there many other people? Um, we don't want to give away any secrets. <laughs> are there many other? Don't let everyone in on this that there's a market for it. But are there any other people doing innovative stuff for underground and, like, I, I still see them as underground boots. Yeah, no, they're um, definitely underground, yeah. Wellies and mm. But wellies with the level of um, support from a podiatrist. There's just not, is there? Well, there are in other footwear, so um, with the leather boots, yeah. Yep, look, there's, I know quite, well, I know three podiatrists who are involved with developing boots. Actually, one's a football boot and the others are sort of work boots. Um, But not in the gum boot space. It's really interesting. There's there's really been nothing. I think it's because how do you, you know, gum boots are traditionally injection moulded and they're one size fits all type of thing around that ankle area. And that's why with the inserts, we've got the insert acts like a tongue and a lace does in a shoe. When you lace up your shoe with your tongue, it pushes your heel towards the back, which means that your foot is then sort of secured in the heel. And when you step, your heel doesn't rise up and down. So it just makes that more comfortable walking pattern, especially if you're walking for a long period of time. So, um, yeah, and that's the patient part about the boot. So that's sort of the innovative part about the boot. Um, is and are they? Um, does everyone try on a like? Do you try in a different insert to see which one fits you? Yeah, it's or? a bit like the old Cinderella. Like everybody, every pair. Oh, of see, wasn't with, she young? Wasn't Cinderella <laughs> young? Of course, she was young, ah, like us. Sorry. So you get different coloured inserts, and they're just different thickness. So when you this is a side view, cut down boot. Penny Penny is demonstrating now. I um, shall share pictures on the. So that's journey. where the insert sits. So basically, where your tongue does in your shoe, oh, and it pushes yeah. your heel towards the back. So you can fill that gap with a thick 
you can fill that gap with a thinner or even thin. So your left foot might want a small and your right foot might want a large because no two feet are the same. And it means once you put that down in that pocket, it just stays there. So you can zip, unzip. So it's like it's like a pocket and it's at the front yep. of the boot, not yep. on the inside. That's Is it right. on the inside? Yep. So it's in the inside lining. So you slide it down and basically yep. you leave it there. It just stays in that yep. pocket and you zip and unzip. So that's a full boot. So, yeah, you just this zip, is so zip cool. and unzip. And, yeah, so the insert basically sits yes. here. Yeah, right. And so it's like a filler for that gap yep, yep. that you were talking about yep. at the start that wellies don't have. And that's so you right. have to grip your feet, which messes up your whole freaking body. Well, that's exactly right. So that's so that's it. Oh, yeah. I love you so much to think <laughs> of that. I love you anyway. <laughs> but to but to see that and vision it and like like you say <laughs> You're, you're kind of talking yourself down there about being a gunner, you know. Oh, you, no, look, you needed to you needed to sit with it for a while probably to let it meld in and then to get your feedback and to do the things. And and then now it's like, bam, man, get out. It, well, it is already, isn't it? It's, well, yeah, that's right. And I think too, I mean, I suppose I was working full time. I had two children. Like there was lots of things happening in life. So life, and that wasn't sort of my priority. And it probably wasn't until I retired from pediatry I really made a conscious decision to not have this as my side hustle anymore. To just go, okay, I really have to put all my energy and, um, you know, like this. We've got a lot of skin in the game. So yeah. So, you know, when you've got a lot of skin in the game, you've got to make it work. You do. That's right. And does it feel like it's working? It does. Oh, look, there's been some scary times. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) But that's the same with anybody. Um, Lots of Especially entrepreneurs and people changing the world. Um, I think... Yeah, look, I'm really lucky. My husband is a great supporter. He's 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 a little bit of a negative person, so lots of times he goes, oh, God, really, do you need to do that? But um, when it comes down to, you know, we got to the stage where I'd retired, he was working elsewhere and he'd fallen off his motorbike, so he couldn't work. We were in the middle of a drought. We'd sold all our cattle, which, we, you know, basically was our livelihood, and we put it all into the container of boots. So then I'm thinking, oh, my God, what happens? Now I've got to sell them. Oh, my God, what happens if this fails? Like, you know, I hadn't really, I'd had feedback from one mind site that said it was great, but did that mean that everybody thought that, you know? And they're never going to fit everybody, but it was, I think that was probably. Does it mean they're going to buy it as well? Yeah. It was, um, that was probably the scare. Yeah, that was. I was really scared. I must admit, don't get too scared that often, but I was really scared. Like I really thought, oh my god, we've worked for thirty years, and now I'm about to blow that up. Mm. And now it's time to blow it up in a good way. Well, it is, but I think again, same thing. Like when you 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 sort of hanging out there like that, you make it work. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Um, it it's oh, nothing like what you're doing and what you're going through. But I know you. 
I'm a deadline-driven person. Mm. So that's why I'm so freaking proud that last night I sat down and wrote out a couple of notes and set up my microphone and my headphones and where do I want the camera to point for when I get home from work because it'll be I won't be here long and then bang I'm doing the interview whereas in the past it would have been oh my god I'm home <laughs> now who am I talking to what am I doing mm. <laughs> um because I let life get in the way but um I'm starting to come out of a couple of year big holes mm. and um, I'm changing the way I'm looking at life and the way I'm doing things and and when you have those little wins along the way penny they're the they're the ones that go no this I'm, I'm we're right this is what I'm doing you, you're making the right choices I'm thinking of you like because we we're gonna talk. When we were initially, well, <laughs> the last initially lining up, having a chat, and you said, "Oh, it's Container Day." Mm. It, the container mm. was coming in, and I could just tell by the way you were. I was like, "Yeah, well, that's not going to happen. That's all right." And then I got sick, and then you went <laughs> to Sydney for that convention thing. What was that convention again? It was actually the Queensland. I was in Queensland. I was at the Gold Coast at the Queensland Mining. Oh, that's right. Go um, yeah, health and safety. Um, oh, it feels so close. I know. It was so beautiful. Gold Coast is so beautiful. So that was a nice little breakaway. Where are you based again? In Gunnedah. So we're basically halfway. Which is New South Wales yep, for yep. people. Oh, so yes. Yeah, halfway yep. between Sydney and Brisbane inland. Um, so we're sort of, we're west, about an hour west of Tamworth. Oh, right. Oh, that sounds like we go, uh, right, yep, so it's five hours to no, the coast. No, it's my brain, yeah. that is, no, nothing bad about that. Yeah. That is my brain doing two things. It was clicking in, like, oh, I know where yeah. you are. Yeah. And it was thinking, oh, Tamworth, the music yes. festival, has yeah. she ever gone there? Have you ever been? Well, I'm a Tamworth girl. So, yes, we used to, I must admit, when it, look, I lived in Tamworth, I grew up in Tamworth, I've been in Gunnedah for 30-plus years, but um, we used to always go away, country music festival. <laughs> get out of town. Yeah, get out of town. Isn't that terrible? Yeah. But we used to do that. No, mm. no. I can relate because we lived at Malulabar on the Sunshine Coast um, and then it started to take off and go, you know, yeah, crazy. real popular. And I remember my kids were in primary school at the Malulabar Primary and we used to do the, you know, uh, sports day, fun run was always on the beach and all of that. And <laughs> they were little and they'd be sitting in the car and they'd wind down the window and they had a, a song. <laughs> oh, my God, I forgot about this. They had a song and it was, go home, tourists, go home. <laughs> Exactly, it would be and so it, like it that. would take, normally it would be five, ten minutes from our house to the beach and it would take half an hour, nearly an hour mm. because, you know, everyone's, oh, there's too many people. Same thing, just take off when people are coming. Like if you lived in Bathurst, you know, Tamworth, Gympie Muster, but that's out on a property and, mm, yeah, no, that makes sense. Um uh, yeah, we're talking about Container Day. Container Day is always fraught with Container danger. Day, yes. Oh, Container Day. So Come on. 
Tell us. Oh my gosh, contains. I tell you. Is um, that can I can I guess why? Why? Because you hope that what's in the container is what's meant to be in the container, no, what you think you ordered, and also you've got to, oh, no, you just trust that what's in there is what you need, I, what's meant to be. 100% trust with the factory. It's more the fact that what happens when it's on the sea? Like it's you think the container's coming and then it's it's been delayed and then it arrives and it got to customs. Customs took it and they wanted to x-ray it, which then you can't track it when it's being x-rayed. Then they release it. Then someone had to check it and had a spider and the spider had to be then sent off to be tested. Um, oh, it was just, oh, oh no. my gosh. It's, it's always... Um, it's so out of your control. I think that's the thing. I'm a control freak and it is so out of your control. And, you know, the wharf is strike. So if the wharf is strike, it means that the containers don't get released from the wharf and taken to the depot when your truck driver's just driven five hours to go and pick it up from the depot and it's not at the depot and your truck is oh. ringing you and saying, I can't keep circling Botany. You know, I'm like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> and you're paying for it. Exactly. So then then it comes back to Gunnada and we unload it here. So we do everything on the farm. We've got a shed and we do all our dispatch. Yeah. So I I just need to say that I thought container day was this bit you're about to talk about. Yeah, It's arrived and you open it up and let's do the things. we Now we've got to sort it and. Yep send it out but I didn't even think about all that bit prior container day means it's arrived in Australia and it's at the dock and it's got to go through customs and it's got to do all the things and then your truckie has to pick it up and take it out to you so yeah what a fuck (laughs) container day means it could arrive on a Tuesday and it could be released on Friday for pickup container container week but then container day means it could arrive on a Tuesday and it has gone through all the processes and may not be available to pick up for 10 days. So <gasps> I'm ringing the truckie going, it's, yep, it's going to be released tomorrow. And he goes, right, no worries, Penny. And then um, it's not released. Right, it's not going to be released tomorrow, but now it's Friday and the inspectors have you know, only worked till 3 o'clock. It's not going to get to the depot till 4 o'clock. So you go back till – it's just – Oh, it's very stressful, very stressful. So how often does that happen? Every time a container comes in. So basically, obviously, we're selling more boots, so it's becoming more of a regular occurrence, <laughs> which is great. But the downside is it's it's that logistics, which is another thing that you're sort of trying to manage um, with very little knowledge. Luckily, I have this, um, my husband's got a great mate who does a lot of um logistics for his company so I've sort of um conned him into helping me <laughs> so I so I can sort of go oh um but yeah that's another thing but that's look that's all right it's all it's oh, a huge God. learning curve like truly it's who would have thought oh my god I love this so before I put my hand up and interrupted mm. you finally get it from that process yep. onto the truck and it comes out to Gallandar Mm-hmm. Gunnadar, is that how you say it? Yep. Um, then what happens? So then all the neighbours and friends come over and we unload the 700 <laughs> boxes from the container oh, and we put it into I've the shed. I've seen the photos. 
photos. I've seen photos on LinkedIn, yeah. And, I'm a, and I usually try and get my son home who's in Sydney and he's a builder, so I con him. And he was home the week the container was meant to come, but then, of course, with the customs and the spider, he had to go back. Um so yes, we con in some, you know, some really nice neighbours who come and very kindly help. So we've got it down Aww. pat now. We can sort of unload our container in three hours. And how many boots is in that? Two thousand. Two thousand. Wow. Yeah. And where do you unload them? To? So we've got a shed. So we've got a shed here. So um one shed is just completely boots and we have sort of a system. My husband organises all of that, which is great. Um, oh, of where yeah. they all go, so then we can just dispatch from there too. So, um, yeah, so it's good. And how do you do the ordering? Do people order online? No, I and don't. Then you pop to the post office every couple of days. Well, what, um, what, what's that process? Yeah, no, I actually, through my website, I don't really have online orders because I. I find that would be too hard for me to try and juggle as well. So yeah, I've got not, some yeah. really good distributors. So um, I've got a, like Madison Safety is a great distributor in New South Wales. I've got Gnome Services in um, Queensland. You know, I've got the usual Atoms, et cetera. And they place an order and I dispatch it. So some companies, I just organise their freight. So I'll use their freight account. But I've bought myself a secondhand minivan, so I load that up with boots. And I drive into town to my local toll or my local TNT depot and um, they very kindly help me unpack or palletise them or whatever needs to be done and off they go. What colour is your van? White. Oh. Yeah. So, oh, I love this story so much. This is amazing. And, um, uh, yeah, we use toll a bit and I just found out they're changing their name. Oh. Did you get that email? No. They're, they're changing to, it's three words, <laughs> sounds like, um, toll, not, I don't know, I can't even remember, some weird thing. I, I at first thought it was a spam um, oh. email and then I'm like, no, it says we, toll group, we are rebranding shortly to toll something, something, three words. Yeah, I wonder Keep an why. Eye out I wonder, because I know they have, they got hacked. Cyberwise during COVID, I know that was a big issue. Oh, maybe um, yeah. because I know TNT. I think is now FedEx. Oh, are they? Mm. Yeah, right. Because mm. FedEx is. Yeah. Oh, she's got her hand up. I love how I need a drink. I can't love you any more than I do right now. now. Can I go to the loo? No. Of course you can go to the loo. <laughs> Ticket. Oh, that. Okay. And all right. <laughs> I'm going to then. You were actually about to go to um, Cal. We're doing some trials down there with Barminko and Evolution Mining. So we'll pack up our minivan and um, head down there on Sunday. Oh, has your van got a name? No, and I. everyone says I should put a sign on it, but I don't know. I've actually had one accident already in my van and I don't know whether I'm a good advertisement I think it's better not knowing that it's a Crawford Boots van with my driving. <laughs> it's just so different driving it's a van. Like it's, you know, it is. there's a real blind spot, which is I noticed when I ran into somebody. Yeah, hmm. yeah, hence the running into somebody. Yes. When my kids were little, I had a van 
a Mitsubishi Express mm-hmm. and it was tan colour and I always had a hundred kids in there it felt like, you know, all the netball team and yep. all of that. Um and her name was Venus. Venus the van. Oh, that's what perfect. No, the girls called it, which is why I asked. And I what haven't, color? Yeah, no, I haven't. It's I really a, relate to. It. Yeah, mine's a second-hand police van, so it's um, only two seats at the front, and it's so funny when we, you know, drive to Sydney in the van, and my kids just go, "Oh my god, I cannot believe you're driving a <laughs> the van." I'm like, "Yep." Rocking it through Sydney too, over the bridge. I know, I know. <laughs> oh my god! Um, so I do have a couple of questions that have come up over the years, and obviously, knowing I was coming up to chat to you, mm-hmm. so I'm like, right, I know just the person. So, oh, actually, before we get into that, um. Caustic boots. Do you know anything about that? Boots, caustic boots. I know someone who's going to a site and they have to wear caustic boots and we've never heard of them. So caustic boots are probably ones that will um, protect against any sort of caustic substances. So my boots have been used at, say, um, Olympic Dam Refinery where there's a lot of sulfuric acid. So, yeah, so your boots should have a level um, of protection, whether it's fuel, oil resistant. There's some boots, obviously, that are used by the fire department, which are fire retardant. Um, but some, but the majority of the boots will be resistant to a certain amount of um, caustic. Um, what's the wrong word of caustic? Caustic substances, I suppose. Right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, but you'd have to know what sort of caustic, like what are they talking about, acid, are they talking about, you know. Exactly. And what's the, because there's different Australian standards Mm. for all the things and that's what she's looking into. She wants to know what's, because she, they said, well, you get to sigh and we've got all these boots, you'll be right. Mm. And you go on there for two weeks, which is a couple of the things I want to cover next is about when you've got bad boots and the, things that could happen um uh she would rather get her boots wear them in a bit find them out so she's just saying what's the australian standard what are the what are the numbers and the figures and the you know if she needs yeah if she needs a hand i know all the standards because i had to Mm. do that for the boots and yeah so if she needs a hand in working out what the site requirement is asking for and then which boot has that same um, level of safety, I can definitely help her. And because she's got such little feet. Yeah. She's basically a size seven. So when she told the lady, oh, no, no, because she's doing all the onboarding and all yep. that sort of stuff and she's in Perth at the moment going through a week-long, you know, shenanigans of all the things. Um, and... Yeah, she said uh, when they told her, we've got all the boots there, you'll be right, there's heaps to choose from. What size are you? And she said, well, I'm a – she got her partner to go and have a look. Mm. And most – the average – because, you know, they're all different sizes. Yeah. The average boot size was a seven. 
And this girl said, oh, you uh, do have small feet. She's like, well, yeah, I do, mm. um, which is my point. I'd And especially during two-week swing, you want to be not- comfortable. Hmm. <laughs> yes, yeah. and which is some of the questions I've, I wrote down last night, right? Some yep. of the issues I've had with shit boots or boot things. Um, first of all, going back to I've got, I, I wrote down we were, when we were talking about the real miners' boots and I had four or two pairs up at mm-hmm. my boot tree um, just underneath because they're too big to hang on the tree. Yeah. <laughs> Underground. <laughs> Real minor boots, they're, they're massive. So they just lean up against the trunk. But um, one of them went missing and it turned out that the next door, to, next door to me, they've got dogs. They had a puppy and the dogs came and stole the freaking boot oh. and took back to the puppy and I could see it all ripped up around the yard leather lace up ones yeah. that obviously have fallen apart um and the fence they've they can only come in because we had a really big like not quite a cyclone but nearly a cyclone blew over some of my fence and it's still down yeah and so they just come over um which is not you know I don't it's not fun <laughs> but anyway it's up it's up near the road it's not like right by the house I'm like they've taken the real miners bloody boots and I had just done an interview or a podcast with my sister and we were talking about flying in and flying out and boots came up and and stuff and she said in some sites you've got to watch out for the dingoes because they'll steal your boots if you leave them outside the door because they take them back for the puppies to chew on the leather as uh, for their teeth. And they take them to and they take them to she went to this one site, this one band camp over in WA, and they um showed her the stockpile of boots at this little dingo camp, and I'd never heard that before. I'm like, bloody hell, mate, never heard of that. And then within two weeks, (laughs) the bloody dog next door to me stole the real miner's boot. I just thought it would be the smell. (laughs) You know how I just thought that's what they'd love, the smell. I wouldn't have thought that it would be the cheesy feet smell. Mm. Mm. Well, that's what she thought. Like there's a reason like it's not food, it's not, you know, and because they're that chewing up all sorts. Yeah. Yeah, they chew things up. It'd be good for, yeah. you know, they're teething. Um, so I was at this one band camp and I just started. I'd had a year off mining to, you know, <laughs> go and change the world, which didn't happen, so I had to go back. <laughs> and um, I had extra boots in my cupboard take these funky purple ones out there and I started wearing them and the soles started falling off because they'd been sitting in the cupboard and not being used and apparently it's a thing with the soles of safety boots the um you know the short ones is all I know about if you don't use them, the soles 
can get real brittle and they just fall apart. And I ended up with these big, massive blisters on my heels. I could hardly walk. I looked like a weirdo. I'm the new old lady anyway, and I was <laughs> walking weird. My, my the big, massive chunks were coming off, Penny. And I that ended up going weird. into – I had to go to Moorumbah to uh, get some to the chemist on our we would do, had a pajama day de- then so change over from day to night shift and I went into Moorumbah and to the chemist and got these big massive blister pants yeah yeah and wore those and I have heard from quite a few people that it's a common occurrence that's look I can't say that I have heard of it and I mean maybe it's because what do you find the leather boot you've got leather upper and you've got rubber sole and so because their bond is so with my boots they're rubber upper and rubber sole and they're bonded through vulcanization which is putting them in like a big pottery kiln that's just you know um telling you what it's like but it's obviously not pottery but it's obviously under high temperature and it bonds it so they're perfect right. bond was maybe the leather and maybe the rubber and maybe if it's stiff and hasn't moved and then when you go to try and flex it, it it then disintegrates. I have seen them disintegrate across that sort of where your forefoot or where your foot flexes if it hasn't been used and splits there. But I've never mm. really heard of – I've heard of people wearing them out from wearing them excessively, not from not wearing them. It's interesting. Right. Yes, mm. well, put that one into there your go. knowledge cabinet because yeah. you're, you're bonding in the kiln. I love that. That makes sense to yeah. me that they kind of glued together. That's right, yeah. With the same substance. Mm. Um, yeah, so it's something that Mad Mumsy tells, tells people to, you know, um, don't leave them too long because I kept them for – I had two pairs of purple ones because yep. every back then every year we got a new issue of boots mm-hmm. and clothing and then it got to a point where it was like you need to bring your old boots in you need to bring your old shirt in and prove that we need to get your new yeah one. yeah like, what a joke mate like, it was ridiculous <laughs> this one guy I'll just share this he went to a pre-start meeting and knew that all the big kahunas were going to be there and he wore his oldest shirt that he had and it had rips in it and all, and all of that and they were like, what's the go there, mate? Why are you, you know, don't you think you might like to present yourself a bit better at work? And he said, well, I haven't had time to go and take this sh- shirt into the office to to plead my case for a new one and they were horrified they didn't even realize that 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 was the new system that had come in um so yeah and but it was a bit ridiculous because when you get a good pair of boots they're yours exactly they feel feel like home Mm. you want to wear them forever i want to wear them at home and if Mm. i had them i might not have hurt my feet so much Mm. but um uh, so I saved the good ones. <laughs> I had these the first time the purple ones came out. They were a bit funky, you know, and it was a fundraiser for breast cancer. Right? Yep, yep. And then they did blue ones for prostate yes, cancer. Yep. Yeah, which is, which is all great initiatives. And 
I so I kept the purple ones because we had a music festival here, real hippie um, winter moon, winter moon music festival, folk festival. Yeah. Up here, up up in the hills, you know, not uh, not far from here, and I thought they'll fit in perfect there, so I wore them up there, and then a year later I got another, and then I started wearing them to work all the mm. time, and then I got another purple pair. I thought, oh, I'll keep them for best, and yeah. then when I I went back to mining, and it was like it was within a year, and they. Literally fell apart. Oh my god! And that's so oh, annoying so too, because you know how you got things you think, oh no, I won't wear those because I'll keep that for a better occasion, or I'll keep. Whereas if they're really comfortable, you should just wear them out, shouldn't you? Wear yes. them nonstop. Yeah. yeah, so many things we do that with not only shoes but with other things, and mm. yeah, no, nah. yeah, and that comes back to your what was this? the circular economy? Yeah, circular. I'm doing this with yep. my fingers, people. <laughs> circle. I'm making a circle. Circular economy is, yeah, if you find some something that you love, just keep wearing it and hmm. wear it out and then get something else. That's or, exactly well, right. Or move it on to the next part. Rather than circle. hoarding it and keeping it, you know, mm. hoarding it, I'll save it for later, I'll save it for later. You don't need ten of them. You just need one. Wear it to its debt and then start with another. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, with boots, what are your thoughts on socks, bamboo socks, which I've started wearing, but bloody hell, they take forever to dry. I knew you were going to say that. Yeah, they do, don't they? I love bamboo socks and it's sort of... I do. I don't not love them. Mm. They just take a long time to dry. It's one of those hard ones because I know when I worked as a podiatrist, we'd always sort of try and recommend 100% cotton but you've got to have a little bit of the, the nylon flexibility in the sock as well. Um, bamboo I love. I also loved um, socks that were slightly compression. I really like those because I found my feet if they got cold or and you can pull them all the way up your legs. But it is, you know, like I could never recommend one particular sock. But, I mean, I think the more natural the better because, let's face it, if you say if you're in a boot, you're in this occlusive, and when I say occlusive, it means there's no air circulating. So if you're in a sock that's full of nylon and you're in a little hot area and you're in a boot that adds another lot of heat, um, your feet can sweat so much that they look like they've been in a bath for 10 hours. So it's not a great thing. And that's when you have, that's when you get funguses and that's when you get those sorts of not great things because bacteria loves warm moist, humid environments, nothing better than inside a sock and a boot that doesn't breathe. So, um, yeah, think about your sock. Try and go for more natural so you'll allow that airflow. And that is that is something that a lot of people don't think about mm. either. Um, and, and add to that that you're in a humid environment, you're in a warm environment. So do you recommend airing out your boots, like um, getting a bit of sunshine yeah, in them or I anything. I used to like putting is... them outside, but then I heard about, you know, watch out for the snakes coming in, watch out for the – and then you, then you hear about bloody dingoes stealing. <laughs> I, I always thought sunshine was such a good sterilising agent. So mm. I don't think it hurts at all um, getting them out – Ventilation is good too, you know, sunshine in a ventilated area. 
Um, obviously, if it's if your boots are wet, you want to get them dry so that you don't have to put your feet in wet boots the next day. So, you know, even those things, those upside-down sort of um, poles that you hang your boots on or any of those sorts of things. So, yeah, it's always good to get a bit of air, a bit of fresh air into anything, isn't it, don't you reckon? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And so do yours open up? Much no, they don't. Be hard because well, they're can't. so high. Well, no, they can't no. because they've got to be waterproof. Yeah. So you've got to have that complete. I mean, obviously they mm. open up and you can tip them upside down, but they do, you know, dry out. And in underground mines, they sometimes have drying rooms where you put all your stuff so that it will dry for the next shift. So you oh, can yeah, sometimes right. go from really wet environments to quite hot and warm environments. Um, yeah. So. Yeah, like, you know, socks and shoes. But, you know, a gumboot is a really tough one because you're meant to, your foot is not meant to get wet, so it's meant to be completely sealed off. Um, mm. So it's always going to be a bit of a, an occlusive type of warm um, environment that not a lot of air circulating. Yeah, yeah. no matter what, there's not yeah. much you can do no. around that. So how do how do you seal off the top? Is the top sealed off? Often the top, no, no. On because, the no. So basically you've got the zip. So if you undo the zip, it's all in a waterproof sort of gusset. Of, but the top, what they do is I was going to put like a bit of a gaiter at the top, but a lot of my wearer's feedback was they like having a little bit of air circulating. So when you've got that gaiter, it just makes it even moist. And what I also find is when I go um, to lots of sites, it's amazing what they shove down their boot, zippy ties and, you know, it's almost like it's a little Stop bit it. of a, it truly is. No, like, a, like it's in like a pocket. It's, it's like a pocket. Are they stealing shit in there? No, 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 they're just taking stuff to no, go no. down. Yeah, but they're Sorry. just like, you know, it's just like I look at them and I go, oh, my God, look what else they're shoving down their boot. So it's, <laughs> it's just like a pocket. Bloody real miners, right? Know. There you go. You so, um, never know. Yeah. Zippy. Really? Yeah. Sorry, I'm. I'm. I never would have thought of putting anything. All right. On my next boot. time when I go to the next place, I if I see someone doing that, I'll take a photo and send it to you. Oh my god! Yes, yep. that'd be gold. Yeah, that would be gold. Mm. Oh, because that's... the inside, like the inside, as I said, of my boots are neoprene as well, which is like a wetsuit, so that can make them a bit warmer, but also. The inside of a gum boot's gauze, and when your foot moves a lot, and when it gets wet inside, the gauze becomes like sandpaper. So when your foot moves, you've got like this sandpaper rubbing against it, which causes that rash and stuff like that. So, yeah, so the inside is a little bit um, warmer, but it's just a lot more cushioning and comfortable. Yeah, and because your boots are so much more supportive than other yeah. boots, especially. There's not as much movement, so exactly. you're not getting that exactly. rubbing effect, yeah. which causes all the. I've seen some underground. Yeah. Not pretty. I've seen a lot yeah. of underground feet too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a shitload more mm. than me, mate, that's for sure. Exactly. Oh, so, what about when you go to a mine site? Mm -hmm. You'd have to wear steel cap boots. Yeah. Do you wear the short ones or do you wear yours? I wear mine. Ah, the girl 
also I knew you'd say that. I know. It's so well, funny. Do you wear Do you wear them with a pair of shorts and a long jacket? No, I've got to wear. Look, at, I can see that sexy look. You know? Oh, so not sexy. High boots, short uh. shirt, <laughs> short skirt, long That's jacket. So There's a song in there somewhere. Could you imagine <laughs> rocking up to site with that? No, um, it's full PPE, <laughs> and it was funny because when we. Our first one of the first places we went to was Forestania out um, in WA, and you could only take a certain amount of stuff. And so, of course, I had to wear my boots because I couldn't pack them in the. Um, and I remember one guy saying to me, "Oh my God, you must love those boots! You have not taken them off for three days." I'm like, "I know because I've got no room to put them anywhere, and I don't want to carry them around, so I just wear them. I wore them on the plane. Yeah. I wore them." <laughs> To, um, to, you know, food, yeah. To dinner, That's to right. the event, That's right. to the gala ball. Yeah, not quite a ball on site, but anyway, no, yeah. No, no, I'm only stirring you yeah. up. And, and that's a big part of what um, my podcast episode with Drew was about for FIFO. Mm. It was about packing and, yeah. you know, the weight of your boots. And that is actually one, oh, girl, good segue, how much do your boots weigh? The boots actually weigh probably about oh, about three to four hundred grams more than the regular gum boots, so not that much more. But in total, That's good. yeah, it is. But it's funny because when people pick considering them up, how much more of a boot yeah. there is, and when yeah. people pick them up, they go, "Oh, they're heavy," but when they actually put them on and they fit. It means your foot doesn't have to physically lift that weight up. It just works. So it doesn't feel it's gone heavy. with you. Yeah. It's, it, mm, it's um, I'm swaying side to side. Front it's like back, yeah. <laughs> the, the boot is um, moving with you. Yeah. Instead of how, like. You're physically having to hold it on. So yeah. much. Yeah. Like a thong. I'm never wearing thongs again. Well, this look. Oh, no. no I need a little place. strap around the back. Well, I mean, I love, have you ever tried the Birkenstocks? I shouldn't probably say that name, but um, yes. they're, they're amazing yeah, thongs. The, yeah, yeah, yeah amazing. like what they sell at the chemist. Yeah, they're amazing. And the fact that the They're thong, not thongs though, right? Because they don't go between your big toe. Yeah, but no, they do go between your big toe, but then they come, oh. up, they come up on the top of your foot, which means that it holds your foot in. So you, you don't have to, it's not just in that toe area, it comes up on the top. So that's the trick. It holds your foot in, so it means that your toes don't have to grip. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. I think maybe some of my Crocs have been like. Yeah. Exactly. So your Crocs yeah. in, they come it's up like higher. And this, yeah. Yes. Yeah. And ah, oh, so. <gasps> mm. <laughs> so ball. revelation. So that yes, it's not just the sole of the Croc yeah. that is more supportive than the Kmart three dollar thong. Yeah, it's the top part, and they've got that loop at the back, so it holds you in. Yeah. Mm. Yes. Mm. Yeah, that's helping too. Yeah. And because they have, yeah, they've got nice sandals, like, but they're actual Crocs, you know, the ones yeah, that you slide in with, yeah. the, with, yeah. the, with the holes in them. Yeah. They don't fit at all. Yeah. They're, I just wear them if I have to go and walk in my creek here. On top of the rocks, they're good yeah, for that, or yeah. in water. Well, I think the thing um, is, it's but they're not, not good for your feet. No, but it's also you're not wearing them for twelve hours. No, 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 exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Oh my god! All right. Um, 
what's next for Crawford Boots? More of the same or you got any other things? <laughs> any other things? Um, what's next is just to um, keep going. I mean, I'm in. I'm involved with a pilot project, which is um, about the boots being part of the circular economy. So that's what I'm really focusing on next. Like, I really was wanting to add value, continue adding value, and I think that's going to be really important because basically the boots, when they're broken down, they produce high levels of hydrogen and carbon, which is something that is required in green steel production. So the boots as well as tyres and other things can be used at their end of life, shredded and then being used instead of using, you know, all coking coal, you can use, you know, other rubber polymers and other polymers. So it's pretty exciting. So that's my next focus is sort of making sure that the boots, obviously they're a very small part of this project um, in comparison to tyres and stuff, but it's exciting to be involved and be part of it. but focusing on that so that that actually does happen. So um, the boots can, you know, the best boots for mining, but also they'll be the best boots for the environment. Oh, mm. my God, that's so good. Yeah. And so then you need to find a way to encourage your, um, I can't forget, the the people wearing your boots to do the right thing at the end of their life. It's more the fact that most people that wear my boots are on a site. So the boots are supplied by the company and, I mean, they would know yep. there's bathhouses chock-a-block full of gumboots. They're just going to a skip-in and going to landfill. So the idea is that there could be receptacles uh, for those proper boots to go into and whether there's the possibility of getting a mobile shredder out to site which does all their the rubber part of the conveyor belts does tyres, does the boots, does the whole lot, transporting that back to where the green still will be produced in um, Newcastle or that's still things that have got to be worked out. But the fact is that instead of them becoming part of landfill, they can become part of the circular economy. Oh, yeah, that is, yeah that's really good. Yeah. That is so good. And um, just, just, you know, <laughs> Just getting them out to more people. Well, yes, and you exactly. can have four contain four count them four containers arriving at the same time, oh. and you'll have a team yeah. of people <laughs> who do the things. Well, that's right. No, it's, yeah. it's exactly so is that is that your customers. is that your goal yeah. to just um, get bigger and better and more people and but get support because you don't want to burn yourself out either, mate. No, no, and I've no, got to, I've got to be admit, careful of that. Exactly. I've got a good team. Like I don't have a lot, I don't have employees. Like it's my husband and myself, but I've got a really good team. So there's somebody that I can call on if I need legal advice. I've obviously got an accountant. I've got people helping me with the marketing side because that's one thing that I don't have, a, you know, I, I'm not probably focused on that because I don't have a lot of interest in that. Um, the sales side I love because I love sort of meeting new customers and going to site and that sort of thing. So I really want to keep that going. I've I've met the most mm. amazing people. I have met just phenomenal people in the mining industry. So um, I really enjoy that. 
And yeah, we just want to keep improving, getting bigger, getting better, getting, you know, providing value and finding, making sure that everybody is wearing a pair of Crawford boots. They're not just for special feet, they're for everybody. I love that. They're not just for special feet, mm. they're for everybody's yeah. feet. That, yeah, you nailed it right there. You, you are a good salesman. <laughs> I can, I, <laughs> but I, I can see everything you said feels right. Um, I'm not doing the marketing because that doesn't interest yeah. me. But what interests you is doing the sales, yeah. and and for a lot of people, like I'm the opposite. I'd I'd be more. Let me let me create the design for the thing. No, about social no, media. No. You go sell it for me. No, but because you have started this from your passion your knowledge, what you've learned from everyone's feet, where you saw there was an opening in the market, then you've gone through all the process of designing it and trialling it and taking it out and getting feedback and and tweaking it here and there and then getting them and then sharing them and now you are the best person to be the salesperson. Because you've just sold them to me, mate, and I don't even go underground, or, you know. <laughs> and they're not even pink, mate. Oh, no, I want some. No, but I do like the coloured insert. I, yeah, I could like a nice orange one. Um, yeah. And that's the thing, like, and that's why I keep saying, like, I'm really happy part of my services or part of the call for boots is I can come to site. And I love doing that because it means that if there's yes. questions, they can ask me. They're not asking the safety manager who has to then ask someone else has to then ask me. I'm happy to come to site. And, look, my boots, I think, are the best, but everybody's different and everyone's allowed to like a different pair of boots and they're not going to fit everybody. So, and I'm really open to feedback and criticism because that's just obviously the way you get better. Um, but, yeah, no, look, I usually if I go to site, I have 5,000 questions from everyone about their toenails or about, their ankle or about their leg or about their whatever, which is great, which is fine. I'm really happy to always answer that and, um, yeah. So the podiatrist in you never yeah. goes away, which is no. where I started in the yeah. podcast episodes, like, I got shit feet. <laughs> I know. I say that I'm no longer, and I'm not a registered podiatrist anymore because I that was a conscious decision because a lot of people, you know, you in the country, there's not many podiatrists, so people would ring and say, "Can you come and work?" And I felt guilty, and now I can say, "No, I'm not yeah. registered." But it never leaves you, yeah, yeah. Mm. And to stay registered, I'm assuming it's like most of those sort of modalities, you have to keep up yeah. and do your CPD and uh, exactly, yeah, all the things. Yeah. And, if, and if you've moved beyond that. You don't need to. No, you've that's got exactly right. to that's, I've got, you got other bloody containers to, to sort, mate. That's right. Oh, that's right. Oh, all right. Well, we might start closing up. If all right. You, think. you ready for that? Yeah, that sounds perfect. Right. One of the questions I like to ask at the end, usually, of the podcast is what is your special place when life turns to shit? How do you personally handle tough times? What are your strategies to hang in there, Penny? I do retreat a bit. Um, I often step back and lick my wounds. There's no doubt about that. I think I have to do that. Um, sometimes I think 
when times are tough, it's more of an opportunity. Like, you know, we obviously got to have time to mourn and work out what went wrong or vent or whatever you need to do. But you just got to get back on. You just got to pull up those big girl pants and keep going. And I think you got to be resilient. Um, and for me, I retreat. I do retreat. I do retreat and think for a while. But um, I don't know, it just makes me more determined. So when you say you retreat, do you r- retreat to the garden or Netflix or? A book. Go for a what? A book. A book. I go into a shell in my and I read a book and I'm terrible when I start reading a book because I just, like I cook reading a book. I'm the worst. <laughs> um, if I lived near the beach, I would be on the beach. That to me, just having ocean, water, if I could... Yeah, that would be, but I'm five hours, so it's a five-hour drive to the beach, so really it's not, yeah. Yeah. So what sort of books do you like? Oh, my God, I love I love my local library. I go to my library and I get out masses of books. What do I like? Terrible. I love a lot of murder. <laughs> oh, cool. <laughs> I know, I've been a murder mystery. Um, yes. Then I do love other ones. Like I've there's a book that I read called A Little Life, and it's enormous, but and it's harrowing. But it's four. It's about four boys, and just the most amazing friendship. So I loved it. I love that. Um, I've read the funniest book recently, The Thursday Murder Club. Have you ever read that? No. Oh, so good. And it's written in quite a quirky way. It's um, oh yeah, it's great. Um, it's not murder, murder, like thriller, killer, but it's it's funny. Um, yeah. Yeah, I'm quite diverse. Like I go to the library and I've got this fantastic woman at the local library and she goes, oh, Penny, you're going to love this and Penny, you're going to love that. And they put little things in books and so I can go around and pick all the books and, um, yeah, love reading. And I've just started watching Downton Abbey. I'm probably the last person in the world, but I'm loving that. Oh, wow. And you've got years and years to go. I know. I have not even. I think. Yeah, I haven't oh, even. I love it too. It's oh, so gorgeous. Yeah. It was so sad when it stopped. I never watched it from the start. I kind of grew into it. Mm. I don't even know. There's probably only three years left. So that's a good idea to watch it from the start. But it's such an escape and it's just uh, <sighs> it is, so isn't different. It? It's just it so is. freaking different. It yes. is, and I'm loving that. So that's um and I you know, I'm a binger. Like, you know, I'll start and I'll just binge <laughs> and then I won't watch it in the six months and then I'll um have a bit of a binge again. But no, I'm I'm a constant reader. I love it. And that's I feel like I'm in a different world. That's how I completely escape yeah. and don't think about the computer. I hated COVID because I was sort of stuck at my computer. I hate that. Mm. Not good with that. Because you couldn't get out and be in the real world with the real miners. We're talking to people, oh, I suppose. Do yeah. you go, yeah, but did you go on Zooms and stuff like that? I know it's well, the same, but. I hate Zoom. Like, this is a good Zoom, but you know. You, you hate and, Zoom. Well, We're Zooming right now for those of no, you. No, but you know how you'd go on a Zoom and there was like 20 people on the Zoom and, you know, you could never talk. I, I like being in a room with someone. I like reading a conversation. I like reading people's body language. 
you know, I really miss that. I just, I'm almost, I almost go up and hug people now because I'm like, oh, it's so nice yeah. to be sitting in a room with you, not doing it via Zoom. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And that's why I use Zoom yeah. for our interviews is because you can see the body mm. language. Mm. You know, I can put my hand up. Yeah. But, you know, if there's 20, you know, and you sort of can't, it's, I found that really hard. I actually found I was really naughty, you know, I'd switch off the camera and I'd listen, but then I'd clean my office while I was <laughs> on my Zoom. Yeah. Yeah, I've been there, done that too, mate. And yeah. uh, as you, as I showed you when we came back from our toilet break, I have my Brisbane Lions pajama bottoms on. Oh, that's all right. I've got as, my, I've got my Lions top on I've and got, my cat hat. I've got my fluffy slippers. I love them. So, oh, they are nice. And yeah. and okay, you, my podiatrist, new bestie. Um, <laughs> I haven't worn slippers for quite a few years, well, at least two, since my feet started playing up. Mm-hmm. I thought last thing I need is to be wearing shit cheap slippers. But now that we have had this chat, it's not something I'm wearing for hours and hours at yeah, a time. that's right. And I have released a lot of my past (laughs) crap that has gone down the drain, down the drain. And it's out. Out out the feet. It's out. Which is why my feet are improving as well, I think. No, I agree. And and, uh, Michelle's reflexology and my hard hat mentor blisters, steel cap sisters, Crocs (laughs) Crocs <laughs> yep. that she keeps sending me and money. Here, go buy some more. Oh, she's and, gorgeous. Um, if you, oh, isn't she? Yep. And I get them from Anaconda. Yeah. Anaconda? Is that, yeah, yes, that's it. Yes. Um, and they're always on special 20% off, which must be like the normal I know, it's exactly price. Normal. <laughs> I know, it's always 20% off. Yeah. Um, but they have different colours and different ranges. And I, I did buy a pair of thongs from there and they were men's. Because I liked the, they were just leather, yep. probably leather, but the colour, but they were a bit too big and so they were a bit of a waste of 40 bucks. Mm. So, Penny, in closing, do you have anything that you're super excited about right now that you want to share with us? I think the thing I'm most excited about is this green steel um, circular economy pilot project which we're involved with with New South Wales University Smart Centre as well as Molly Cop Steel and the AMGC um, which is the Advanced Manufacturing Growth Centre and we're working with um, Professor Veena Sahajwala. Do you know who that is? That you need to watch no. ABC Story Tipping Point. Um, she's the most amazing woman. She was the New South Wales Australian of the Year and she's the one who's developed green steel. She's also developed, like, making ceramic tiles um, out of clothing and glass, recycled clothing and glass. You know who I'm talking about, yeah. I saw her. Would she have been on the Australia Day, yep. um, like, when they did each person from each yes. state who's yes. going to win? yep. She was New South yes. Wales one. She was the yes, New South Wales one. I did oh, see that. 
see <gasps> her she, i mean she's yes. amazing so that's what i'm really excited about obviously you know continuing to grow and um but that's a really exciting project oh wow and mm. um, i'm really looking forward to seeing how that evolves yeah no it'll be everything good. else yeah everything else in your journey and is there anything else that you would like to say to call this episode complete for you? I'd like to say thank you because you have always supported me um, and that support oh. means, you know, it's a huge thing because um, it's lovely that women support other women and it's lovely people in the industry are supporting me. So it's it's a great thing and that's that's what I consider one of my small wins. You know, when you say you have to celebrate the small wins, those sorts of things are small wins and are really important. So, um, so thank you. Oh, thank you. And um, a big hello from my sister as well. She said, make sure I said hello. Aww. She couldn't, um, you know, she'd love to be in with us. Yeah. But, um, yeah, she's doing things. So a uh, big hello from her and she's one of your champion supporters as well yeah because that makes a difference thank you you're you're still cap sisters we're there for you mate anytime you reach out that's brilliant thank you it's good to have that that's that is so important Mm. Mm. we all need that you you need that support you need people that have got your back people will just say it's all right exactly keep Keep what going. boots have you got Keep on going. now? <laughs> Change those boots. You yep. know, we're all about what what boots have you got on and what boots you need like to put on. What you got on, what, you know, as in what exactly. are you juggling? How, yeah, yeah. It's just exactly. And, in, and and instead of hat, we say boots. Yeah. And perfect for you, right? Yes. We, the, Works our boot perfectly, lady. yes. Yes, <laughs> the yes, crazy yes. boot lady, yes. Oh, oh, crazy, yes, definitely crazy mm. now after this mm. conversation. Yes. <laughs> no, thank you so much. Um, where is the best place that people can get in touch with you? I will leave all the links and all the things in the show notes, which will be madmumsy.com forward slash beers86. But if they want to say, hey, Penny, I love you and I want two containers of boots. <laughs> oh, happy days. Oh, my God, fry time. Um, yeah, what's the best place to find you? Probably my website, which is www.crawfordboots.com.au, which has got um, how you can contact me, um, ring me. I'm always happy to talk on the phone or answer any emails. We also do have social media with the Facebook. Facebook, uh, Instagram, um, LinkedIn with Crawford Boots. So I would love a follow, love any sort of um, feedback that they're happy to, to give or orders for 2,000 pairs of boots. Yeah. Very happy to take yeah. that. Yes. <laughs> and if anyone like a mind manager or someone like that is listening, um, what I love the most about, well, there's so many things. How can I say that it's the most? But what I love is that you're willing to go to their site yep. and come and see them and bring some boots and have a try on and get get your people out the hole and, well, you know, <laughs> when they're out the hole, yep. <laughs> let's not make any downtime. But, um, uh, yeah, just you're there to answer all their questions and to give them a give them a shot and give them a try. Yeah, I can do that. I can run the trials. So basically I've got all the surveys. I can do all that. I fit the boots, make sure they've got the right size because you don't want to always be, yeah, I'm a size nine when you're actually a size eight. Um, 
fit the boots, make sure they've got the right ones, give them the surveys, get them to fill that out, all that sort of stuff. I can collate all the feedback so then we can present and say, look, you've had 25 people wearing the boots, we've got 25 people that, you know, find them a better fit and less slips, less trips, less chance of those sorts of things happening. Um, and just it's about being proactive rather than reactive. Don't wait for an injury. Let's do something before that happens. Mm, I love that. And what I... Th- one of the things I've got out of this chat with you, Penny, especially, is that it all starts at your feet. Mm. It, 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 you know, if you've got people with sore back on site and all the things, you know, um, <laughs> it's a saying I say all the time, all the things. Mm. Um, but your feet are your foundation. Yep. So get that right and that is going to help so much. And Absolutely. That, that's huge. Yeah. That, re- that really is huge. Thank you, Penny, My for pleasure. coming on. It's time to say goodbye now. We could chat all day, and I have been known to. <laughs> <laughs> all the links we discussed in this episode are at madmumsy.com forward slash beers 86. Cheers. Cheers. Thank you. So there you go. Thank you so much to Penny Crawford from Crawford Boots. I have a brand new friend. I loved our connection. It was amazing and we chatted for ages and went to places that I was not expecting. So I did not expect to share (laughs) all of my drama with my feet, with you, or even my grandson with his wellies. And it's really... um, important for us to look after our feet because we're on them all the time and when you start working in mining if you're not already or whatever industry and you have to wear these steel cap boots they're a lot heavier um on your on your whole body because there's a weight on the end you know I know I notice that when I haven't been wearing them for a while and then I do So think about that. But also how important our feet are our foundation and to have the support of the foundation that looks after our knees and our hips and our back and our neck and our shoulders, like it starts at the bottom, doesn't it? And Penny explained that so well. So if you are having any trouble in your body, maybe go and see your local friendly podiatrist. (laughs) Um, What I did do was go to my local, I think it's athlete's foot, where you can walk on their very special treadmill and it shows up your feet. And so it highlights which parts of your feet are actually touching the ground and which parts aren't. And... I think they might film it from the back. I've only done it once and it was really good because when my feet were playing up, I thought that I had flat feet or something like that, but no, there was none of that with me. And even my gait, <laughs> you know, the my walking action was pretty good and they tried to sell me a really expensive pair of shoes, which I didn't buy, but I did get a good lesson out of it and I think I ended up going back there and buying a pair of shoes maybe about a year later 
So, you know, you've got that. That's my marketing brain working. <laughs> the customer rapport there and the people in there were really young and cool and sporty, but they also acknowledged my age and weren't weird about it. <laughs> anyway, bit of a side tangent, but go and get that. That's something you can do. Go, go to your local Westfield shopping centre, find your athlete's foot, go in and have a free walk on their thing and they'll analyse your feet um, after that or before that. If you want, you know, go and see a podiatrist and get help, especially if you're having trouble with your feet or if you're having trouble with other parts of your body, it might be worth it, right? I have my hips, I never brought that up, but my hips kind of drop out every now and again. It's like walking along and go, <laughs> even my grandson say, oh, did your hip pop out, Nana? <laughs> I remember in my 20s, I, oh, I forgot about this, I went and saw a doctor and said, I think I need a hip replacement. And he might as well have laughed and spat his water all in my face. <laughs> he said, I'll put money on it that you don't. <laughs> um, it did turn out that I had I was having back issues. So it's all connected, like Penny is saying. Get our shit sorted, right? In the meantime, thank you so much for listening. Um, this is the week that our beloved Queen passed away. So sending love and thoughts to the world, really, for losing such a legendary lady. And I've got many family connections where the Queen, like it just triggers so many memories. And um, I've grown up with the Queen, like so many of us, you know, I'm getting on a bit and she's just always been there and, my mum was sharing that she went and saw the Queen and, you know, waved the flag and did all the things like so many people did. I did not do that. I don't think I was ever anywhere where she came. Otherwise, I probably would have gone and had a gander, you know. Also, being from South Australia, there's so many English people down there and that's what I always say about, my accent. Oh, people say, what part of England are you from? I'm not from England. I'm just from South Australia, <laughs> which has come up on the podcast before. So um, it's a new world we're about to launch in once we have this time of mourning and then a public holiday for, you know, in Australia. But there's even a few arguments around that. So... Um, interesting to see what unfolds. But yes, I did want to take a moment to share my thoughts about our Queen, Queen Elizabeth, and um, she's up there with her hubby now. Remember that vision of her sitting during COVID at his funeral and Prince Philip, her husband? I think so. Um all on her own, and because there was a major social distancing, and it was one of the saddest pictures you ever see, you know. Now they're, wherever they are, rocking it, having a good time. Up there, hanging out with all my angels as well. It also makes us, it makes me think 
how life, you know, can just change so fast. So let's live life and enjoy it and get out there and do our things and have fun. Live in the present. I tend to live in the, um, I do live in the past a bit, but more in the future. <laughs> I'm planning, I'm thinking, I'm, what am I going to do instead of actually doing it? So it's good to take time to be present, enjoy those loved ones around us. And um, if you want more of me, more of Mad Mumsy, head to mining.teachable.com. There's heaps of resources over there. I have some live calls that I'm going to start doing. So if you head to madmumsy.com forward slash webinar, maybe webinars, I shall share the link in the show notes, madmumsy.com forward slash bsa6. Um, yeah, you'll get on an email list and then I can say, hey, click this link, come and join me, let's have a rant. <laughs> All right, that's enough from me. Thank you so much for listening right to the end. I always love hear hearing from my listeners. So if you find me on any of the socials or in the email or through the website, whatever you want to do, please say hi. I love it. Makes my day, makes me want to keep doing it. Okay, I'm going to go and finish this episode now. Ah. All right, until next time, stay safe, be real, be special, and have fun and live in the present, walk tall on your feet, hit up Penny Crawford from Crawford Boots and get yourself a funky pair of wellies. Well, they're not real funky, like they're not real flowers or anything, but find an artist and paint them up. <laughs> no, get your workplace. If you work underground or if you work in the place where you have to have them, like in the open car and you're a pumpy or something, Get them to uh, touch base with Crawford Boots because you need to look after your feet, okay? Tell them Mad Mumsy said. <laughs> okay, I'm going to shut up now. Love to see you, bye. See you next time. Cheers.